the thing that made me happy, like weed and smoking and partying wasn't making me happy anymore. Whenever I would smoke, it pained me now. Like every time I would smoke, my throat would swell up and then my tonsils would fill up and I just couldn't even smoke anymore. I couldn't talk to my stepsister. I couldn't talk to my friends. I couldn't talk to anybody. I was alone at home one day. I remember just feeling so drowned and so, so sick of everything that was going on around me. I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And I went to my room and I, I just remember that my grandma had always said that like, you know, God is always there. She always talked about God. He came into mine and I was like, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you exist, but if you do, I need you to get me out of here. I can't do this anymore. I'm drowning. When my mom was pregnant with me, my dad actually didn't want to have me. He wanted to have an abortion. Um, and my mom, of course, she wanted to keep me because, because the Lord put that in her heart, I think. Um, and she knew how hard it was going to be. My mom didn't finish school and she was going to be a single mom, but regardless, she still wanted to have me. And I thank her for that because I have life now due to that decision. When I was eight, I came to the U.S. My, my dad wasn't in my life this whole time. Um, my mom met someone here in the U.S. He became like my, he became my stepdad. And the thing that I think the whole experience with my dad, I think it created like a sense of longing for that fatherly love. I think we were like, me and my mom were both seeking that. My mom had also experienced the same thing that had was happening to me. She didn't want me to go through what she had went through. Um, so she, I, she was always seeking for somebody to like love both of us. She met this guy who was, who seemed very nice at first, you know, he, even though he was like very, he was very involved with Centuria, like he was heavenly involved with it. He grew up in that um, environment, knowing about that his mother passed it down to him and he, you know, idolized this. We never thought so much about, you know, Santeria being a sort of witchcraft just because he would like attend church with us and he would read the Bible, just like a Christian does. You know, I never thought much of it. And then slowly he would start implanting like seeds of doubt into my mom. And we, the church that we were attending together, we like slowly started leaving. I think part of it was because of that doubt, but also we were like, she got church, church hurt and my mom was my example. So if my mom wasn't going to church, I didn't want to go to church. I did not like, I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with God. I wasn't really taught to have a relationship with God. I just thought Christianity was like church. My grandma, she would like really push me to keep going and she'd be like, come on, let's go, let's go. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. Like, it doesn't, I don't want to go. It seems boring. And got to a point where I like, I think during my preteen years, I completely stopped going. My grandma wasn't setting the best example back then either. I was hurt a lot by her as well, going to church. So that kind of traumatized me from the whole environment. I did not want to continue going. When I was 12, the whole dynamic with my stepdad kind of changed. It first started off with one of his employee. We kind of had known him for a while at this point. 
and I had a lot of trust in him and he started doing inappropriate things to me that at that time I wasn't really aware that were inappropriate and I think that's where like the whole sexual curiosity kind of came from it wasn't like like something that I thought that was really bad at first I thought that's kind of how like a father would be with his daughter because that guy was also a dad so I was like okay this is kind of like fatherly love and then my stepdad he also had a daughter um five years older than me and like when this whole thing happened she wasn't living with us so during this time I remember the way that it started was one time I saw him working out in the living room and Every little girl like admires their dad, you know, every little girl always wants to like embrace their dad, um, but never like in that sexual way, you know. And I saw him working out and I was like, oh, I'm gonna give dad a kiss. And I gave, gave him like a kiss on the lips. And then I ran away to my room. And like a couple of seconds later, he's like knocking at my door. And then he like continued the kiss. It wasn't like, I seen parents give their children kisses and it wasn't that type of kiss. It was like more sexual. And, you know, I, I felt a little weird, but I was young and I was just like, okay, it's, it's normal, it's fine. But that whole thing just like kept progressing. It progressed from just being kissed to a little more than that. At that time, I didn't realize that it, that it even had a bad name to it. I just thought it was a daughter and dad relationship. That's what I longed for. I wanted a dad. I think for a long time, I didn't realize that there was like a boundary and that he kind of overstepped that boundary. But... Um, Did you feel um, the need to share it with anybody? Did you share that <laughs> moment with anybody? Like what was going through your, through your no, head? No, I didn't. I didn't share that with anybody just because it, it was, to me, it was like, it, it didn't really mean anything. It was... Like I said, it was something like a dad and, and a daughter moment. Mm. It didn't really seem like it had to be shared with anybody. But the more it progressed, the like the more different it felt. It was it wasn't the same anymore. Like I started getting a little older. Um, I you know realized that that's not what parents do with their kids. And when I noticed this, like when I when I truly began seeing the reality of the whole thing. I wanted it to stop, but I felt like I really couldn't talk about it. When this whole thing began, my my mom has always worked. My mom has been a hard worker and my mom would work a lot and I didn't really have the best relationship with her. I was still a little hurt about things from the past. I felt like I couldn't really talk to her just because one of, the, one of the reasons was she was never really around a lot. Also, like he would tell me like, oh, if, you know, you tell your mom, then we're both going to get in trouble. You know, it's not going to be good. And I was like, OK, well, I don't want both of us to get in trouble because at this time he had become such a father figure to me. And his daughter was a sister to me that I didn't want anything to break our family. Because yeah. to me, it was like a happy family that I never had. And during this time, he started doing a, a like he started being more involved with like Santeria. It was a lot more things that he was doing that he wasn't doing before. He had set up an altar in the living room um, where we lived. He had like on the side of the altar he had like food and items, and then 
inside of like the the altar that he had made because it had like a glass door he had a bell and pictures of people and then like every morning it became like a thing from like a ritual type of thing for him to pray every morning in this altar and i was like oh he's praying you know christians do that we we, we pray too so i i didn't really think it was anything bad and i just saw him saw him praying and then ringing the bell and then he would leave to work when i got to high school like every other normal girl like you know i started wanting to date and i started like observing boys during that time i didn't really feel good um i didn't feel good with my body with myself just because i knew of what had happened and it didn't feel right during that time all the girls loved to talk about like their virginities and we used to ask each other around like hey are you a virgin or are you a virgin and i used to be like yeah yeah i am but i knew the reality you know and i think that like kind of made me feel even worse the fact that i couldn't you know really answer that with an honest answer and it wasn't because it was due to like having a boyfriend or some you know something like that so none of my friends knew yeah it was just a secret that i kind of carried until like i was 16. but during the beginning of freshman year i remember very clearly i got a facial stroke and you know god allows things to happen like he allows sicknesses sometimes into our bodies because they turn into testimonies but during this time i wasn't even, i wasn't going to church my grandma was she had was always very consistent and during this time i just thought that it was like i was really stressed in high school so i was like oh it's just probably just stress but my face was like turning and one of my sides didn't move and the other one did it was really creepy and weird and during that time like i was like okay i think i'm just gonna permanently like look ugly now i remember my grandma had a friend from the church that she used to go to she she had a friend there and my grandma told her about the situation that i that i was facing with my with my face and she was like okay yeah let's go pray for her let's it's fine let's go let's let's pray for her so she came over and i, I didn't know this lady she like came over and prayed for me and during the prayer she just kept asking me questions about like my stepdad and she was like hey what's how's your relationship with your stepdad and i was like yeah it's it's good we have a good relationship and like she was just like okay so she just kept massaging me and i remember this story very well just because it was such a, a painful massage but that like that prayer and that massage that she did on me i could say that it was the lord using her hands a week like not a week like a couple of days after that my face started going back to normal when she had finished actually giving me the massage and praying over me she asked my grandma how is her relationship with with her dad like with her stepdad and you know my grandma gave her the same answer I did. She was like, "Yeah, no, they get along really well. They're very close and yeah, they're fine." The lady was like, "Okay, if you say so." But she said that like she felt in her spirit that something wasn't right. Um, but she didn't want to like really intrude into that. Uh, so she just kept uh, kept my family in, in in prayer. After that, when I was in sophomore year, you know, I had a lot of friends. The popular thing to do in high school is to do drugs and, and <laughs> parties and all that stuff. And I saw all my friends doing that. And I was like, oh, that seems really fun. So I, I tried 
um, weed for the first time my sophomore year. I didn't do it out of like, oh, I felt super sad, so I wanted to try it. That wasn't my initial motive. It was because I saw everybody else doing it and I wanted to try it. So that's kind of how initially it started from there on. Like I noticed that like we would make me numb to things and it just like kind of, it was a time passer and I just felt, I would say like the best word to describe it was numb to like the reality that was happening. And um, it just felt so good that I always wanted to be in that high. Mm -hmm. I noticed that it made me forget about what was going on with like my body and at home. During this time, my relationship with my mom got even worse. Like we could not stand being around each other. I never wanted to be home. I just did not want to even talk to her and I didn't want to get caught too. So like that, that was one of the main reasons as well because I didn't want to get caught. I did not want to speak to her. I never wanted to be around her. My grades started dropping drastically. Like when as soon as I started getting very heavy into like weed and then I did not only do that, I did other things, um, other drugs. And when I got very deep into doing other things, my grades dropped drastically. Like I was an honor student and then it got to a point where it's, I wasn't even gonna pass my grade anymore. I felt like I had kind of given up on everything at that point. Um, I was like, I'm not gonna graduate. I'm not even gonna get to that point, it's fine. Deep down, I knew it wasn't fine, but in that moment, it kind of seemed fine. Due to like me not being able to like talk to my mom, I feel like that was like another relationship that had been broken due to everything that had happened. I had not only lost that fatherly love, but now I like didn't have that motherly love either. And um, I always try to look for, I guess, some sort of love around the peers around me. I kind of took a little bit of the love that I thought I deserved from these people and from the things that I was doing and felt like that was fine at that moment. During that time, my mom also like got very, I would say she started drinking a lot more. I wouldn't say she was an alcoholic, but she was very, she liked to drink. I think that also kind of drew a bigger split between us. And during that time, I met this girl. She seemed just as, I guess, broken as I was. I felt like she understood me. I just felt like I could relate to her and she could relate to me. I never really told her about my experiences, but she kind of hinted to her experience and I, I kind of hinted to mine. Also during this time, my mom split from my stepdad. Um, so that kind of all went downhill from there on. It was chaos at, house, at the house. Me and my mom didn't get closer from that whole split. I didn't even want to be at home during that time. But yeah, me and this girl, we got closer during this time. We began a relationship. And the thing is that like, I didn't even feel right during it because I had grown up in Christianity and I have grown up with the word of God and what the word of God says about that. And I did not feel good, but I was seeking for just love. I wanted to be loved. And this girl offered that. The whole time that I was with this girl, I did not, I could not be sober with her. She was also kind of my escape from home. Um, I would always spend time around like in her house because I didn't want to go back home. But then one day she hit me and I had never gotten hit by any of my previous partners. 
and she hit me and um like i was like no i'm never gonna let anybody do that to me but for some reason i stayed and that was the first time and then the the second time that it happened it wasn't just a hit now she started choking me at a party and i remember at that party i was asking for help i was like gasping for help and i was like help me guys i need somebody to help me and i just saw people walking around us and they didn't care i was like okay and i at that time i was like okay i'm definitely have to get out of this relationship but i didn't know how to i felt like if i left her then i would lose kind of my escape and i would lose friends that I had made through her and I would hurt her and I just didn't know what to do. And during this time, I was, the thing that made me happy, like weed and smoking and partying wasn't making me happy anymore. Whenever I would smoke, it pained me now. Like every time I would smoke, my throat would swell up and then my tonsils would swell up and I just couldn't even smoke anymore. I felt trapped in everything. I couldn't talk to my mom about this relationship because I knew that she wouldn't agree with it. Of course, I couldn't talk to my stepdad. I couldn't talk to my stepsister. I couldn't talk to my friends. I couldn't talk to anybody. And I remember during this time, I was alone at home one day. I remember just feeling so drowned and so, so sick of everything that was going on around me. I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And I went to my room and I, th I think my mom and my grandma, they were, they were working. They were not in the house that day. I went to my room and I, I just remember that my grandma had always said that like, you know, God is always there. She always talked about God. So I don't know, like, I, I, I believe this was the Lord drawing me to him, but he came into mine and I was like, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you exist, but if you do, I need you to get me out of here. I can't do this anymore. I'm drowning. And I just remember weeping and, and just crying out to him. And those words, like, so prideful. But I, I, was, I was calling out to him. About a week after that, the lady who, who had prayed over me during my fa the, the whole facial stroke situation, she came over my house on a Sunday. And I wasn't home that day. She came home. Uh, with my grandma after after church service, my grandma kept calling me because I was in, I was out of the house. I was out with friends and I was getting high and all that stuff. My grandma was like, "Hey, get home, get home! I I want you to get home." And I'm like, "Why does she keep nagging me? Like, why does she really want me to come home so bad?" But I never suspected that anybody was at the house. I was just like, "Okay, fine, I'll come home." And every time I think of this story, every time I like think about what happened that day who I saw in that room, I don't see this lady. I always picture the Lord waiting for me there. And when I got home that day, my eyes were bloodshot red. Like I went to the bathroom, I saw her, I saw, I went into the room, my grandma was there and I was like, oh gosh, I don't even have eye drops on me. Like they're gonna know that I've been smoking, I'm gonna get in so much trouble. So I walked right back out and I went to the bathroom and then I was like, oh yeah, my eyes are super red. I'm gonna get in so much trouble. It's fine. I'm just gonna like look down and not look at them in their eyes and just walk past them. And when I'm like, hi, God bless you. And like walking fast towards my room, the lady like stops me in, in, the, in my tracks 
and she's like hey i want to talk to you and my grandma's like okay i'm gonna go wash dishes now and i'm like okay why is she leaving me alone with this lady i don't know and the lady is like hey i just want to speak to you and I, I was like okay and she was like how are you mama are you doing okay and i'm like uh yeah and she was like why are you doing this and i was like what do you mean and she was like your mom works so hard for you and do you think that she'll be very proud of the things that you're doing? And I was just like, no. And after that conversation, like that instance, I don't remember what happened. I blacked out for like the following minute or two. And she told me that I got up, snatched my hands from her, and whatever was inside of me spoke to her and was like, she does not need you. And I began walking away. And she followed me, she got up after me, and she began rebuking and just started praying, and she like began praying over me. The next thing that I remember was just me getting consciousness back, and then I was crying. And I was like, why am I crying? Like, what happened? And I like was weeping and I was crying. And she was like, it's okay, mama, just go rest. You're, you're gonna be okay. And she was like, do you feel tired? And I was like, yes, I feel drained. Wow. And she was like, yeah, go get some rest. I looked in the mirror, my eyes were clear. Like I had never smoked. My eyes were bloodshed before this, like bloodshed before this whole thing started. And when this whole thing finished, my eyes were cleared and I was extremely tired. She went into my room and she was, look like she was looking around and she was like, yeah, just go rest. And, and I was like, okay. So she went into my room she started looking around and she was like, where is it? Where is it? And I was like, what is she looking for? And she grabbed the nutcracker that I had. This nutcracker was a gift from, from someone. And she was like, I'm gonna take this. And I'm like, why? And she was like, I'll tell you later about it. And she was like, I'm gonna go throw it away. And I was like, okay, fine. So later on, she tells me that um, this thing had like a spiritual attachment to it. I didn't really understand at that time what it meant, but I was like, okay, well, fine, she threw it away. After that, she told my mom to not let me go out with friends. She was like, no, don't let her go out. She's gonna go do this and this and that. Don't let her go see her stepdad. Don't let her be at home by herself. Don't like, she did not wanna leave me. Like she told her not to leave me alone, pretty much. And um, I was very upset because I was a teenager. I wanted to go out. Even though I had asked God to save me, I still wanted to do the, the things that I wanted to do. The following week after that, she invited me and my mom to church to where her daughter preached. And uh, my mom didn't go with us that day. Um, it was only me and my grandma. And we went to service this day. And when I walked into the church, I felt like something was choking me. I could not breathe in there. And I walked straight back out and I was like, nope, I can't do this, take me back home, I don't wanna be here. And she was like, what's going on, what's going on? And I was like, I'm drowning, I feel, I feel like something's choking me, I can't breathe here, I wanna go home. And she was like, let's just go pray, it's, it'll be fine, the Lord will remove that from you, it's, it's okay, like just follow me back inside and we're, we'll pray for it. So I trusted her and I went back inside and she began praying over me and she told my grandma, she was on my left side and my grandma was on my right side. They both began praying over me and she began lifting up my left hand and my grandma 
lifted up my right hand and when I lifted up both of my hands up high, that thing that I felt just vanished. And it felt like I was able to have a new fresh of like fresh air, like a breath. And I was like, I literally went like, like that. And I was able to stay for the service. And if you ask me what they preached about that day, I don't remember. Um, I was still having a lot of like spiritual attacks, but I was able to stay. I remember in that service, they did the altar call. And I was like, oh man, I felt, I felt something tucking in my heart. And I was like, I want to go up. But then I started thinking about, oh, then I, I can't dress like that anymore. I can't act like that anymore. I can't be saying stuff like that. I can't, I can't um, do this and this and that. Um, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. But then at the same time, I felt this tuck in my heart. And I turned to my grandma and I was like, grandma, can you go to the altar with me? And she's like, of course. And I just like jumped up. I ran up. I got on my knees and I just like, I was like, okay, I'm here. And my grandma just began like crying behind me. She was like, thank you, Lord. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm here. And um, a brother, he was the husband to the lady that, she, that was preaching. He put his hand on my back. And when he put his hand on my back, I felt like that hand was a little kid touching me. It was so gentle. And like, I just began to cry. And he began to pray over me. And he told me that day that you were telling the Lord if he was real, if he existed, and to help you, he said that he was there the whole time listening to you. And he had never left you. You walked away from him. And I just like began crying and crying. And I like, I was like, how does this guy know what I was telling God that day? And in my heart, I was like, whoever, I was like the God that he's serving, I want him. I want him in my life. And I accepted the Lord that day. And I could tell you the first thing the Lord took, like that desire that he took away that day was the needing substance to help me. The love that I experienced that day, I had not experienced it any other way. What I was looking for was right there. He showed me that fatherly love, that yearning that I had for so long about like someone being there for me and not leaving me. He told me that. He told me he was there. And I can't even express the way that he made me feel that day. He made me feel like a little kid again. And every time, I feel his presence, he does that. That day, whenever I think of, of that moment with him, I see myself as a little girl and I see my father, like not my real father, him. And I see him holding my hands and I feel like a child again that has her father. That moment will always stay with me. After that day, I, was madly in love with him. I wanted to tell all my friends about what I had just experienced. I wanted to tell everybody in school. I didn't know how to express what I had experienced. And the only way that I could think of was like changing the way I dressed and, and talking differently. I remember I began like wearing long skirts, um, big hoodies and like took off all my makeup. I stopped cursing, like my vocabulary completely changed. I threw all the junk that I had from like 
weed and all that stuff. I threw all that stuff away. That same day that I got saved, I threw all that stuff out. And I went to school and I would carry my, my Bible in my, in my book bag. And at lunchtime, I would love to read my Bible. And I know like to some people, it looked extremely crazy because like a couple of weeks, I was like doing all this bad stuff. I look completely different. And like a week or two after, I'm like <laughs> wearing a long skirt, big hoodies and my Bible. <laughs> like I just wanted to tell everybody I remember like starting to tell my friends about it and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to church. I became Christian and they were like, really? And I remember being in the lunch table and this guy who used to sell weed to us, he was like, hey, Kat, you, you going to buy something today? And I was like, no, I, I you know, I, I haven't been smoking. And he was like, I do see a different glow in you. He was like, good for you, Kat. And I was like, thank you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I started going to church and he was like, wow. He was like, I do see that glow on you. And I had never been like told that, like they see some glow on me. I was like, whoa, okay. So that like just made me so happy. High school is hard. So being a Christian in high school, it's, it's hard. And I remember during that time, like I went from having a whole bunch of friends and everybody kind of wanted to talk to me to like nobody really wanted to talk to me because I just wanted to bring up Jesus and they didn't want to hear that. And I remember I went from sitting at the lunch table with a crowd of people to sitting by myself. And that hurt me. It didn't discourage me. It hurt me. And um, whenever I would go home, I would cry because I felt, I felt a little bit lonely. I'm not going to lie. I felt lonely. I felt bad for them because I, want, I, wanted to, I wanted them to also know what I had experienced. I wanted them to experience it too. And the fact that they didn't want to kind of made me feel bad for them and sad. And I would go home after school and I would pray for them. And I would cry at the fact that I didn't have friends to talk about, like talk about Jesus with. I remember after I, would, I was done crying and weeping, I just felt the peace of the Lord. And I was like, Lord Jesus, I know you're the only one I need. I don't need anybody else. Oh, that's you're all I need. And like, this was like a cycle almost every day <laughs> because it was hard. It was hard going to school and seeing everybody all buddied up. And then like, that was me before. No, that's not me. That time when I sat by myself at lunch and I went home that day to, to you know, kind of tell God about what had happened to me. I saw myself, like I saw, like the Lord showed me a picture of myself sitting at the lunch table. Like with nobody else around. But then I saw him sitting next to me. Wow. And I just began to cry. And I just felt him saying like, you're not alone. I'm there with you. It's okay. Even if everybody else doesn't want to get near you, I'm right there next to you. And I just began to cry and cry. During this time, my mom had not, she was not Christian at this time yet. I became Christian before she did. So it was still very hard with school and then like coming home to my mom that wasn't Christian. And and what, was your stepdad still in the picture as well? No, they had separated. They had separated during this time. She was a little bit like started drinking a little more heavy after they also separated. You know, they did not want to have anything to do with each other. And I, I, I stopped talking to him completely after everything. I, I started praying for my mom. I was like, God, you, you did the work in me. And I was like, my mom, don't, don't forget about my mom. And I remember one day they, um, they had a service at a, at a house 
And my mom, she she was the type of person to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna accept. And then she would accept for like a day and then like go back to doing whatever she wanted the next day. And that day she said it, it felt different. She remembers who was preaching, but doesn't remember what ha like how this whole thing came to be. But she felt the Holy Spirit in that place. And she accepted the Lord that day. Wow. And when I heard about this, when I saw this happen, I I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like you did, like my 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 family, like my grandma and my mom are the people that I, I was living with. And, and those were my family there. Uh, and I was like, Lord, my family accepted you. My family is Christian now. Like now we can all worship you together. And my, during this time, me and my mom were like, we're still struggling with each other. And before she had accepted, me and her had like a really big fight. During this big fight, she said that she never wanted us to fight like that ever again. And she was like, somebody has to change and it's gonna be me. And I was like, okay. And um, I think it started from there. Our relationship got a lot better. And after she got saved, the Lord showed me how he was fixing things in my life. Things that were broken from all, like I guess the years of that trauma that was, you know, in engraved in us. My relationship with her, her became like, she's my best friend now. So only, only God could do that. I, I can say I, I never would have had the strength to do that by myself. He saved her life. He, he transformed both of us. He transformed our relationship. He fixed that broken relationship. That is so good. After that, we, we both started finding out a lot about the things that had happened to us during the time that, um, that we were living with, our, with my stepdad, like the spiritual aspect of it. We didn't know that he was doing like witchcraft to us. Uh, because that's what Santeria is. He was doing witchcraft to both of us when he never, he said that he would never do that to us. He had us in bondage in a relationship with him. My mom, when whenever she would drink, it got to a point where she would like throw up so much that um, she was spitting out blood. And with me, I had this like sexual attachment to him. Like, I felt like I couldn't be away from him. Even though I felt disgusted with myself, I felt dirty and I felt nasty. Like, I still felt like I couldn't like stay away from him. Whenever I would have like partners and like, I, I wanted to be with that person, like it, they wouldn't last long. They wouldn't last long and I felt unclean. And I would tell him about it and he would be like, oh yeah, that's not gonna last long. That's gonna end in like a week. And that's exactly what would happen. So all this stuff started clicking when, you know, we both became Christian. Like, I was like, huh, so that's what it was. Like, he would tell me this stuff and I was like, oh, maybe he just like knows the future. But he would tell me this stuff and things would come to be. And I was like, okay, why, why is that happening? But it never clicked back then. And then now it was like, the Lord was revealing all this stuff to us. Why all this stuff, why we felt a certain way, why my mom was acting this way or like what was going on with her body. Like we felt really hurt. And I could say forgiveness didn't come right away, 
we had to heal from it. We had to heal from the things that had happened to us. And during that time, I was still holding on to it. I didn't like want anybody to know about the molestation, about him taking advantage. And I remember praying to God and being like, God, I will tell my mom everything. Like, you, you fixed our relationship, but I don't want to tell her about this. Yeah, I'll tell her about, you know, doing drugs and doing all this stuff. I don't want to tell her about this. Please don't make me tell her. And it, like, it didn't, it didn't, like, I would tell him, like, I would tell God that, but I would feel him being like, no, you have to speak about speak up about it and I was like no and I would just cry and I'm like no please don't make me tell my mom and I remember one day I was talking to the the lady that was preaching that day that I got saved and she was asking me about you know my stepdad and for a long time I just kept saying like yeah no our relationship was fine it was it was fine it was good and she kept asking me this was like the third time that she had asked me and I was like why does she keep asking me and that day that she asked me, she kind of opened up to me about things that had happened to her. And she was like, so how was your relationship with your stepdad? And I just broke down. I just began crying. And I was like, like this and this happened. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, this, this and this and this happened. And she just like began crying with me too. And she was like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And she was like, have you told your mom? And I was like, no, I never want to tell her. I don't want to tell her about this. And um, she was like, it's good to tell her. You need to tell her. And she was like, because she doesn't know. And you know, you're holding on to this. She needs to know as well. I was like, can you help me tell her? She actually gave me the, like, I know the Lord gave me the courage, but I know that he also used her to give me the courage to speak to my mom about it. And I remember the day that it happened, we, we told my mom and my mom just broke down and my mom just hugged me and she just began crying and she was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you, I'm sorry. Like, she just showed me how much she actually loved me and she cared for me. I think she like blamed herself for it. I didn't really blame her for it. Um, I just wanted her to love me. I didn't want her to hate me because that's kind of like what had been enrooted in my mind that was going to happen. I thought that if I told her the truth that she was going to hate me and that she was going to think I was dirty or something like that. But her reaction was completely the opposite. She embraced me. She loved me and she cried with me that day. I just kind of opened up to her about about it. And then she opened up to me about things that had happened to her too. And it just like made me realize that like this was happening, like it was happening to women in my family, you know, and, and for such a long time, I didn't know what it was. The Lord started revealing that these were generational curses. Like these were things that were being passed down from generation to generation and not only that but like my like my grandma my mom they didn't get married they had babies this happened to them my mom didn't get married things like this happened to her and then they had a baby and then i was like wow like i'm seeing the same pattern and i was like i don't want that to repeat with me like i will you know i was still still struggling a lot with um forgiving myself forgiving people that you know had done us wrong i think a lot of this i blame my dad for it because i was like if he had been there this wouldn't have happened to us 
like if he if he has stuck, stuck along, my mom wouldn't have to go for this person and this person wouldn't have hurt us. And then of course I blame the person that, that harmed us. I didn't feel sorry for him at that time. I didn't feel bad. I was just like, I, I want the worst for him. But um, I remember the, the day that that kind of changed. It started with me confronting the feelings that I had towards my dad. I met him when I was 18 for the first time. And that experience was not good. It was horrible. I was already Christian at this time. I became Christian when I was like 16, about to turn 17. So I met my dad a year after that. It did not go good. And I was very upset with him. I was still very hurt with him. And I came back home and I just told my mom, like, he's horrible. Like, how could you be with this guy? Like, no wonder. And the thing with my mom, she never spoke bad about my dad. She never told me anything bad. She was just like, you're gonna have to meet him. You decide for yourself. And I had decided that this man was horrible. Like, I was like, wow, he's, I'm so glad that he was not in my life. But I was still very hurt with him. During this time, they were doing baptisms. I, I wanted to follow what the Word of God, in, in, in obedience, I wanted to follow what the Word of God had said about baptisms, and I wanted to do it. I still felt very dirty, like my body just felt nasty. And that day that I got baptized, I could not stop crying. I just had like an emotional experience the whole time. But I was the last person to get baptized that day. And I was like, God, please, either let me be the first one or the last person. I was like, I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be the last person or the first person because it's just like, it feels it's something supernatural about that. I don't know. It just felt good. So I was the last person to get baptized that day. And when I began walking in the water, I just started crying uncontro uncontrollably. And I began crying and like, I just felt God saying like, I washed you with my blood, but you feel this need to kind of have that like rep the representation of washing your body. So the baptism, we're gonna do that. And when I started walking in the water and when I got submerged and I came back up, I felt like my body was a new person. I was complete, like I, I died and came back to life. And the Lord had gave, given me a new body and I, I just could not stop crying. I like got out of the water and I was like, thank you, God. Like it did not feel like me anymore. I was like, thank you, God. And I just like was crying with people. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. I needed that. And it was just like a supernatural experience. That whole thing, like it marked me that day. And I was like, thank you. Like I've, you know, physically felt clean. My mind was still struggling. You know, the devil was still putting like, condemnation in my mind and putting thoughts in my head about, you know, like my identity and the way that I felt. Because for such a long time, I had struggled with like, oh, nobody's going to want to marry me. Nobody's going to want to be with me. Nobody's going to want to like associate themselves with somebody that, you know, had, went through that. Um, they're going to think that they're that that person's dirty. So I struggle for such a long time, like with that, you know, with that mentality. Now it was kind of like becoming a shift with the body, with my, like the symbolization with my body first. And now like my mind had to go through that change too. So now I'm, I'm going through that. The Lord is, is dealt with my body now. And now he's dealing with my mind and my heart 
And that's where the Lord started working in my heart about the way that I felt about the unforgiveness, about the unforgiveness towards myself and the unforgiveness towards other people. I think the un unforgiveness towards myself took a little longer than the unforgiveness for other people, just because I felt that if I didn't forgive those people, I was going to be trapped in that unforgiveness, that I was trapping myself in not forgiving them and, and, and not letting that go. Of course, I was never going to forget about what happened, but now I was seeing the whole situation in a new, in a new light. And the Lord was like showing me the situation in a new light. And now I, the Lord was kind of giving me that insight of like how these people were also people that were broken, just like me. My father was in that situation. And I didn't, I never saw him in that light. I never saw him as somebody that was also hurt, that also experimented, like experienced what I had experienced. That's kind of what the Lord, the Lord revealed to, to me that, that way of thinking and that way of seeing them. And I remember that day, I, the, the day that that day that that happened, I was in service and I was like asking God to for, like, to give me that forgiveness, to, to be able to help me forgive those people. And he showed me my dad and I felt the Lord saying, Hey, I love him just like I love you. Come on. And I just began crying and I was like, okay, well, he still hurt me. And he was like, well, I still love him. <laughs> and, um, in that moment, like the way I felt towards my dad, I began to see him as another soul that needed to be, to encounter the Lord. Another soul that needed the love of God, the way that I needed it. And the same thing with my stepdad. Like he was another soul that was broken, another soul that like, that needed the Lord. He didn't know that he needed him, but he did. It still took me a, a very long time to fully forgive and understand that um, the way that I was going to feel when I forgave them. Because I, th I thought like when, when you say, okay, I'm going to forgive this person, I'm going to forget and I'm never going to remember. And I think for such a long time, I didn't really know the definition of forgiving. Like I was like, no, if I forgive them, then that means that whatever they did wasn't a big deal. When in reality, it was to me. And I think I could say until recently, the Lord taught me that like, that's not what it means. Like it's about seeing the situation in a new light. It happened. You're not going to forget about it. But this is the way I'm going to show it to you now. And now whenever I think bad on, back on what happened to me, I see the Lord in that situation. And it just shows that like, whenever you walk on your own and you try to do things on your own, things happen like this. You know, the, the Lord is always there and He doesn't want these things to happen to you. But when you decide to be on your own, these things happen. With my stepdad, I have not talked to him since. My mom has seen him around. My mom, I think my mom was a lot faster to forgive him than I was. I remember she gave him a call and told him that she had forgiven him. And like, whenever she said that she saw him in person, she didn't feel anything towards him. And she was like, I feel bad for him. She was like, let's just continue praying over him. And with my dad, um, I talk to him now. I don't have the, I wouldn't say I have like the, like the close relationship with him, but we talk now. 
and I talk to him about God. And he tells me that he's always like trying to find a church or like something going on with him. But he's always in my prayers. And then whenever, whenever I pray for him, I don't feel ang angry towards him. I like cry for him. I, I weep for him and my stepdad and his family because like it, it, like it hurts me that they're in the situation that they're at. But the Lord just is he's so good in the way that he like he he deals with things. He deals with them in like an order and in the way that need to be dealt. And it takes time. I think that's something that it, it took me a while to understand too. His time. It takes time for things to like happen for things to unfold and for things to to heal a wound does not heal from day to night it takes time and i wanted i wanted all my my wounds to heal in one day because that's what i thought like christianity or the path with the like walking with god was that everything was going to change and everything was like change from from like from day to night everything was going to be perfect the next day and it is not it wasn't like that it is hard but it's worth it. It's worth it because I'm not alone. And he's shown me that. And during like the, the beginning of like my relationship with him, it was extremely hard. I was still dealing with spiritual attacks from my stepdad. I was dealing with, um, with the way that I thought about myself, my, like, my thoughts and my own, my own self. And it wasn't an easy journey. And I think I'm still like learning I'm still always learning. I'm still always getting a new light revealed to me. I'm seeing, you know, the world in a different way every single day. Um, it never stops because the relationship that we built with him, it, it, it always grows. It's always like, I kind of feels like it's always undeveloped. It's always kind of growing. Like I said, it's not easy, but it does get easier in the aspect of you're not doing it alone. Kat, for those people who were at that same place that you were once at, where you were seeking for that love or um, you were seeking for that relief in substances and, and there's just that emptiness, right? Um, for that person who's watching your testimony um, and is in that same space, what can you tell that person watching right now? When you look for relief in things that are temporary, you're going to find temporary relief. If you want the permanent and forever lasting relief, the only way that you can find it is in the Lord. That's the way that I found it. And nobody will be able to ever take that away from you. The Lord has more than enough to provide and more than enough to give. And he does as long as you ask for it. Hmm. Kat, who is Jesus to you? He is my father. He is my consoler. He is the one that sustains me. He is my life, He's my best friend. Any last words for people who are watching your testimony? It's not easy, but it's worth it. I think that's the best way to put it. This journey is not going to be easy, um, but the Lord gives us the strength. He sustains us. He guards us and he, he encourages us to keep going because he's there along with us in this journey. We're not alone in it. He's always with us. And whenever we feel alone, whenever we feel like we can't keep going, the Lord keeps reminding us that he is there with us throughout, throughout it all, even through the bad, the good, the pretty, and the ugly.